I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Voices of Reason. I am Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson. Hello. And today we are going to just uh, chat about the world, and hopefully we won't die from coronavirus before the show is over. Well, we yeah. There, there is that slight possibility. Yeah. And uh, it's it's I, coronavirus uh, panic that you're going to die from. Well, that yeah. because I'm more uh, likely to go die from the flu before I die of corona anything. But uh, you know that's kind of how that goes. So I this was a, a an, an interesting week to me because mm-hmm. we. Uh, in the Democratic uh, primaries and all of these candidates, we started out with 23. We're now down to five. Mm-hmm. And we lost a couple, one of which I thought was going to be somebody to kind of make it at least into the long run. And that was Pete Buttigieg, who suspended his campaign. And then only a day or two later, uh, Amy Klobuchar does the same thing. So now we're down to Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, What's uh, Michael Bloomberg mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, trailing behind there is uh, Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard yeah. who is still in the race and who says that she is going to stick around for the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she's affording to do this at this point. Well, it depends on what you do. Like if you don't go visit anywhere or do anything, if you don't have merchandise to hand out. I mean, uh, somebody said uh, Biden had only spent four thousand dollars in South Carolina. So, you know, meanwhile, Bloomberg spent uh, half a billion dollars on ads or something crazy. How was Biden able to do that well and not even go to a state? Well, he went to South Carolina. But, well, uh, I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, when I say go there, if he only spent $4,000 there. I should, I oh, because say. it's all volunteer. So if you're not, it's merchandise that costs money. It's um, uh, if you're paying so he didn't uh, employees. So um, I Or very guess few? Not. Or very few. Okay. Yeah. And he got uh, yeah. the endorsement of Clyburn who's yeah. uh, the, the most influential uh, black lawmaker there. Yeah. So that, that helped him out a great, a great deal. Yeah. And I, and I just think it's important to note, though, if you looked at polling of people of color across all the Democratic candidates uh, before uh, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg and Tom Steyer dropped out, mm-hmm. um, he by no, far Steyer too, yeah. he by far pulled the best with people of color, especially Biden, black yeah. Americans. Yes. Um, and I think... Uh, uh, it, it that was interesting. I I think Pete Buttigieg pulled like I want to say less than two percent with um, people of color, and mm-hmm. so I think he uh, looked at it and saw the right. I mean, Steyer did better than both Buttigieg and right, he Warren. He spent a lot of money in South Carolina, though. He was he really did. trying to make some inroads there. Well, do you know the last president who lost the three primaries before and then won South Carolina? 
who eventually went on to become president? I am going and and lost South Carolina. He he won South Carolina. That was his first primary. He won. He lost oh, no. Iowa. Who? Lost New Hampshire. Who's that? Uh, Bill Clinton. Oh wow. Yeah. He didn't win until until South Carolina, and then he did well on Super Tuesday. So, and and yeah. I would suggest that he, uh, and this is part of his appeal, was that he was a Southerner. Mm-hmm. And so those people felt like they, they were close. He was closest to them. Yeah. Because so frequently people in the South, uh, they, the Northern, they, they feel like the Northerners yeah. uh, don't think very highly of them. Well, and I think also um, that, that came out, as you know, I'm on. I, I I follow lots of people on Black Twitter too, <laughs> yes. but there was this Im- implication that um, Black people didn't really know what they were voting for, so they were voting for Biden because they didn't know any better, and they were right. just voting because out of nostalgia for Obama. Oh, mm-hmm. And you know, I listened to some you know interviews with people who voted, and they were older voters. Um, and honestly, I think it's two things: they trust him on the policy; they they don't think he's not racist; they don't think he's without prejudice. Right? right. He, has, he backed, has flaws. He has backed some. Racist policies, absolutely, and um, and he's owned that, and but b- very recently, right? Mm-hmm. So it, you could say it's self-serving, sort of like Bloomberg's uh, quote unquote apology for stop and frisk. Right. Let's just say all three of the male candidates left: um, Bernie, Bernie Sanders, uh, Bl- Mike Bloomberg, Bloomberg and Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden have racial issues. Absolutely, they have had uh, on the record, on video, <laughs> in, right. in print. You can see. Um, where they have uh, either backed or championed or said racist things. Yes. And so um, I think that's, I mean, but the bottom line is more people of color trust Joe Biden than trusted the others. And he did really, and he won like, by, I didn't, what was it like by 30, yeah, it was, 28 points? It was, point. it was, it was literally a blowout. He won every this single. This is actually the first blowout though. If he, you, yeah, right. he won every single county. In South Carolina, that's that is how comprehensively he won. And so then, what got interesting about this, if you haven't followed it as closely as we have, um, is that Tom Steyer dropped out on mm-hmm. sa- Sunday night, and then Monday, um, uh, at, right after appearing here in Salt Lake, uh, Amy, Amy Klobuchar. Right. But uh, Pete had dropped out on Saturday. On Saturday, yes. I think. It was, so over the weekend, over these three days, mm-hmm. each one, you know, they lost uh, three Pete, more. Cameras, actually, right? I think Tom Steyer resigned or. Ended his campaign first, and then um, uh, Pete, and then Amy. But uh, Amy actually did a campaign stop here in Salt Lake, and then she uh, said she was. But she immediately said, "And I'm backing Biden." And Pete hadn't Tom Steyer hadn't said what they were going to do, and some like Kamala Harris has never said what she's going to do. There are hints that she's going to be Biden Biden's VP Vice, yeah. nomination, um, and so. Uh, but you know, nobody's the only other former candidate to endorse someone has been Julian Castro, who endorsed Elizabeth Warren, um, and he's been working for her on the campaign trail for her. So. So you have this really interesting thing right before Super Tuesday. Right. And then down in a rally in Texas, you had Beto O'Rourke, a former candidate for president, come back very popular in the in the senatorial race that he barely lost to Ted Cruz. He comes back as well and endorses Biden. And Pete flies from Indiana and, and he endorses Biden. Biden. Right. And then a whole bunch of other uh, like I think. Fifty-four of Biden's former colleagues have endorsed him. Now, what's surprising about the, a little bit about that to me is, if you've been watching Joe Biden in this uh, campaign process, mm-hmm. he to me he has been the least impressive of anyone. And I am no, I wouldn't say that. I, well, he's I, not I, been impressive, but there I, are. Say, I thought Mike Bloomberg's first debate performance was the oh, least was impressive. Okay, that's fair. Democratic so uh, far. performance I've seen. Yeah. So, well, I look at this and uh, of the people who are contenders, we yeah. should say. So, okay. 
but he has made so many, not enough that he makes mistakes. I, I, I've, and I said this, uh, this is going to sound harsh. He's 78, I believe. Let's he, look. He is not a young man. And he is not as sharp as he once was. That is not to say he is, you know, uh, I'm not saying he's some doddering old man. I just do feel as though. He's uh, 77. He's 77. And that age is showing on him. And he would be 78 when he's inaugurated and, if right, he wins. And, and if he, uh, he would be 82 after his first term. I mean, that, that to me, that is. Uh, and Bernie a, Sanders a, is 78. Well, and, He'll and be 79 when he's inaugurated. The youngest person remaining, Elizabeth Warren, and she's 70. This this scares me, folks, and I'm, I, I try not to be an ageist. I, I really do. But I am really uh, anxious to think that our country is being led by people in their 70s. Yeah. Not to say that they, they're Mike not Bloomberg capable. Mike Bloomberg 78, in case you're wondering. It just seems as though... 70 sounds very young. 70 Well, is, Tulsi Gabbard, we have to say. Right, she is. Still, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's true. But 70 is not young. And, 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 and I realize this is a hard game. If you, if you look at Barack Obama, if you look at George... Uh, W. Bush, they looked like young men when they started, and they looked like middle-aged guys approaching 60 by the time they finished. Yeah. And so that, that concerns me. When we come back, we'll continue a little bit with this discussion and some other things that are going on in the news as well. You're listening to Voices of Reason. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back with Voices of Reason. Jason Lee and Amy Donaldson here. And we've been talking a little bit about the primaries. And as it turns out, Joe Biden... And the movement in the, the primaries, movement yeah. is, is happening now. He 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 started out as a front runner. He kind of had you know his, you know you start this, this kind of goes in cycles, right? So everybody starts out they're they're pushing him, and then others kind of would take the four as as, as time would go on. Bernie's now been consistently back. amongst the front, right? But he's been. But he's cons- actually, I felt like he had been climbing little by little each time. To be honest with you, but, he, but when he started his yeah. campaign, he was definitely the front runner because he had and uh, an, an already entrenched mm-hmm. group of very fervent, yes. uh, active uh, supporters yes. who Almost were really cultish. Looking, absolutely, yes. absolutely. They've, they've been looking for this opportunity. Bernie since the last time, that's yes. right. And so, but but um, I think I mean there was a point in the in Iowa that Elizabeth Warren was leading Absolutely. at one point. So so they've had this little jockeying, and I, and then I think Pete surged, mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg, which made people think maybe we could elect someone younger, right? Um, but I think that uh, we had, at the beginning of this primary season we had the most diverse uh, can, uh, candidate group that we've I think it was what twenty two or twenty three people mm, twenty three is the most diverse group of candidates the Democratic Party has ever fielded. And we're down now to three uh, white men um, and two women, um, one of whom I don't think has any shot, but that would be 
Tulsi Gabbard. I don't. I, I think we should just leave all options open at, the, at this point. Right. Um, but yeah. And so there, I saw a lot of discussion about the Democratic establishment is trying to um, you know, rig this system against Bernie. OK, there's no rigging. This is the system. This is what people do. They make coalitions and they try to win seats so that they can have power. Well, I think what people mean when they say rig is and, and, and I don't disagree with this in, in, in the sense mm-hmm. that. The people who lead the party, mm-hmm. they have who they believe is they they, they at least try to yeah. tilt in their favor mm-hmm. the 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 whatever influences they can have to get I their. I don't believe that's what's going on here at all. Well, I really? believe that I've always thought that. I believe that um, there are people in the Democratic Party, a lot of people, not just in the party leadership, but you know, just run of the mill Democrats who don't believe Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. He will tell you he's a democratic socialist. He hates the Democratic Party. He doesn't support the platform. He's much left of the of the Democratic platform. And so um, a lot of people take offense that he's running, just like there were Republicans who took offense to Trump saying he's Absolutely. a Republican. They're saying he's not a conservative. He spends too much money. He, the deficits, you know, I don't know. It's gone insane it's, it's, right. under his leader, leadership. And, and true know. Republican conservatives, which are your moderate Democrats, Absolutely. are having the same dilemma now, right? So yep. it's just the, the different extreme. And they're saying, uh, we have to save our party from the extremes. Now, the Republicans didn't do it. They went really far left, right, right. and they ended Correct. up with Trump. And we don't want to do that. And so a lot of people are, you know, asserting, and there's actually been some articles on this, that um, that Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar got out and Tom Steyer to some degree because they're moderates and said, we're going to back the moderate in the field, the most moderate and the best the guy who has the best chance in the field. And that's Joe Biden. Um, and I, you know, I, it's a fair it, argument. It's hard to argue. It's like tr- they're absolutely. saying we're going to take back the party. Mm-hmm. And so the process to do that is we don't run. We back this guy. And then, uh, you know, depending on what, there's like 1300 plus uh, delegates up mm-hmm. to, for grabs today on Super Tuesday um, when we're recording this. So depending on how things go, we probably won't have a, a nomination until June, until the convention. Until the right? convention, right. And so we'll see what happens. But I think that's much more likely what happened is that people from the, these different campaigns were sort of talking about this has been an issue. A lot of Democrats have been very distressed that Bernie's leading. Now, the other th- issue that I would say, there's two these issues. These are establishment Democrats es- you speak of. Well, no, there's Democrat. I know people who are really moderate Democrats. Mm-hmm. In fact, they vote uh, oftentimes for Republicans in our state races. Mm-hmm. But they're very moderate Repub- or Democrats, where I would say the people who didn't like Trump were very moderate, middle-of-the-road mm-hmm. Republicans and lots of times crossed over for yeah. a Democratic candidate. Those are, The middle is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I've come to believe there's very few people who are undecided, undecided, right? Like who just d- don't believe anything. Right. They're just there f- for the picking. Those people don't vote. <laughs> um but so I think the assertion that um, that this is some grand conspiracy is silly. I think the more likely scenario is that the Democratic people who have been Democrats all their life and really believe in the platform and really believe the party is is uh, is king. They want to preserve the party. Uh, they're coalescing around the candidate they think can win, uh, not just the nomination, but can yeah. beat Trump. Okay, and, and we'll help downline Democrats. This is the other thing. How much does Bernie help or hurt uh, downline Democrats? Right, because so if you, you, you get selected, yeah. if you're those people, you got to run too. And, the, and yeah, a lot yeah. of those people have said, yes. we can't win with Bernie at the top of the ticket. 
He's too extreme. We're, I live in a purple state or mm-hmm. a red state or a very moderately blue state. And, you know, I'm having a – and they're really cl- – a lot of really close races. And so, and so yeah, and so they're saying we can't win with Bernie at the top of the ticket because he's too extreme. I need somebody more moderate. Well, and again, I, I've, I've supported Elizabeth Warren because I thought she, to me, has the most integrity of those people, right? And I, I, I do try to vote my conscience whenever I possibly can. And though I don't love uh, Mike Bloomberg or, or Bernie, and I don't hate Joe Biden, but I don't love Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I just... This goes back to this ages thing that I know that what I'm saying is is uh, blasphemous, but I oh, and I do have a comment. There's something about that that just doesn't sit yeah, right with so me. Yeah, in, so in addition to it not sitting well with you, I think there have been a lot. Team Vogue did a really great piece on what does this everybody coalescing around Joe Biden. What message does that send to young people? Right. And I would say, what message does it send that a, like Julian Castro looked at the realities and he backed the candidate he felt aligned with him best, right? And that happened to be a woman. If you can name me the last time that a man dropped out of a race to support a A woman woman who had a better shot than him, I'll give you 50 bucks. Like there's not, it doesn't happen. And so Amy Klobuchar is a- That didn't happen last time? She was certain, no. They fought that tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Bernie, even at the convention, he did. was very grudgingly. Yes, support. He, yeah. Everyone knew he didn't support Hillary. That was, there was no playing nice with that. And I and people will say, well, she didn't play nice either. She was 100 percent more supportive of Barack Obama than he than Bernie was of her. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's this latent sexism, because why would you ask Amy Klobuchar, who was surging and who could have her home state's voting today uh, and, and by all accounts was going to win that state mm-hmm. and and. And is young and has great ideas and is very articulate and is very moderate, right? She's she's a carbon copy Joe Biden on on issues. So why not have Biden, who has this name recognition, and why doesn't he back her, right? Like this, these are the things that I think are interesting. And I have this theory that the baby boomers just cannot. I said we're going to have to pry power from their cold dead right. hands. That's, and you know I, I'm 100 percent with that. And sadly, that's but and it's it, still where we are right now, though. But right now, it's our generation, Jason, and and we are just not. We are just too complacent. We're too right. We're sitting on the sidelines. Like we're like we're, we're letting the young kids and the old people fight it out. And young kids are disillusioned. They are tired of of. 80-year-old people making policy right. that is changing. That they don't even understand. It's making their lives harder, right. and, and they don't get it. And you know what? To be honest with you, I don't either. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue with this discussion and a little bit more. You're listening to Voices of Reason. Listening to Voices of Reason. I'm Jason Lee, and Amy Donaldson is sitting right across from me. And we've been kind of talking about mostly politics the first couple of the segments. And I wanted to switch a little bit to uh, the the latest, the uh, latest, uh, the latest uh, epidemic that's going to uh, you know eradicate yeah. the world. The latest thing is going to kill you. It is true. <laughs> and, and actually, you know, my understanding is, uh, according to this latest doomsday cult thing that we've been following a little bit here at, uh, from Idaho, uh, July 22nd, we're all going to die anyway. So this may be what's going to get us. Interestingly, there. I've been covering both of those stories. Oh, so, there you go, right? um, yeah. Yeah, I've been following the coronavirus story since it. I, I've been covering the passengers on that, mm-hmm. on the doomed Diamond Princess cruise. Yes. Um, but um, but I, I was interested in it before that, right? There was a really powerful 
uh, radio piece done on um, the people camping out in parks and just trying to get into a medical clinic in mm-hmm. Wuhan, right? What that's been like. And then just also like what it's been like to just have your whole society shut down. Um, you know, you can't work. Uh, you're not exporting goods anymore. You're not. I mean, I saw an article where the air pollution had just cleared right up. It was like super good for the environment that none of their factories. Because <laughs> nobody's going outside. Because they're not, the factories aren't running. Nothing's, because nobody will accept your goods at this point, right? And I think that um, there are a few things. So we didn't get good information from the start. Um, I think people wanted to downplay it. And I see this a little bit in our own government. You know, it's not that big a deal. We've got it contained. It's under control. And I know that people think that makes someone feel better right to, I, i've done this to my kids when there's a problem you know, like, no, it's no problem what but the problem is that that is going to go sideways and then you're going to look like you lied and or like you were overconfident one or the other and so i think the people i've that have had more measure and i have to give credit to governor gary herbert and his um and lieutenant governor spencer cox i thought them saying like yeah it's really low we don't have any cases that have originated here in utah um, we took in a Utah who was uh, tested positive after being on the Diamond Princess. Mm-hmm. But that's the only person, and he's in a special unit that was cr- built after a, the Ebola scare or during the Ebola scare yeah. to deal with Ebola patients. So we have these, you know, th- new viruses, these new diseases. It happens. That, you know, uh, it's an infectious, emerging infectious disease facility. But, that, but we have these um, that come up every, I don't know, five or ten years. It seems like there's a new... Thing and I don't we, think it's that long. I mean, we just had uh, there was f- swine flu, uh, bird flu before that. SARS, uh, SARS yeah, uh, MERS. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, yeah. there's th- well, and SARS happen. is a is a coronavirus. So this is actually COVID nineteen is the illness that's caused by coronavirus. Yeah, can you look at this? And and um, uh, so I think that you see what happened in Washington when they didn't have um, they didn't have good information. But I heard an interview too with a doctor in New York who said they we don't have any information. I, I don't have test kits. I can't. If somebody comes in and says, I think I've been exposed to COVID-19, I don't know. They've given us anything that distinguishes us from any other upper respiratory illness. So do, do we isolate everybody who comes in with a cough and right. because thinks feels, that they might have it? It, but it you know? kind of behaves much like a cold or the flu. And, and the problem is that the majority of people who get sick don't exhibit don't That's right. symptoms. So they're going to work and they're... Um, hugging their friends and kissing their wives and they don't have any um, reason to think to that, they they're, that they're carrying something that's harmful, right? But my understanding is, though, that, again, the people who have uh, succumbed to this uh, this illness, and for instance, like right now, uh, the, the, the fatality rate is about 2%, which is not low. It's skewed, though, because so many pe- there's not very many people who have the disease. Right, who have the disease. The reason the influenza one's low is because so many people get right. the flu. Everybody gets the flu. And way more people die from the flu. But typically speaking, even those who die from the flu or, or uh, uh, something like this. Uh, uh, this um, yeah, but that's not comforting to me. So we hear well, this no, all the time. Well, see, this is what I'm, I'm getting to the point that mm-hmm. should be comforting to you. A, if you're a re- reasonably healthy person. This is not something that's going to uh, take your life. It, it's very unlikely. However, if you have immune uh, compromise or some kind of uh, uh, autoimmune issue, then you are more susceptible to becoming sicker. Mm-hmm. So you should then monitor your uh, you know, interactions with people based on your general health. Here's the problem with that. Most people don't only know one kind of person. 
I, in my life, in my family, have people who are more susceptible, who are uh, more fragile medically, right? They get, uh, Daphne's uh, had two open heart surgeries. I have two elderly parents, as do you. But those would be obvious, though. but, But yeah, but you, but those are people that you interact with. So for me, the fear isn't I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna die. The fear to me is my daughter works in a coffee shop. She waits on people. She doesn't have any control over who comes in and what they do and how they take care of themselves. And she is she has a compromised immune system. Mm -hmm. So that's the fear for me is not me myself. I don't worry about it. I don't even I'm like 50 50 on the flu shot half the time because I don't really get sick that much. So I think that people are. The fear is not that I will die. The fear is, oh, I have a, a new, an infant who is in the NICU, or I have uh, a child who has CP. Or, or having, in this case, yeah. I have an old relative who's not feeling that well. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that's the issue. And, and I take care of my aunt, and she's elderly. or you know, Those are the concerns. And so I get it. Um, I think also people... There have like there was an Iranian twenty two year old athlete who was killed who died from this. So I mean, but I don't know what the care the level of care there right, was. Right, That's right. what we don't know is. And what we also are, don't know his. I mean, what what might have been wrong? Yeah, with him, I mean, he know? might by all outwards appearance could be healthy, but we don't know how he was treated. Right, right. I, you know, and one of the things I noticed from the passengers of the Diamond Princess is you know they one the one guy lost like fifteen pounds and got pneumonia, but he was getting terrible food. Oh, and yeah. so, you know, if you can't eat the food they're giving you, you're not getting fresh fruit right. and you're not getting you know, good broth food. or yes. something. Yeah. Protein or, you know, just something nutrient rich food. Uh-huh. Um, you're going to take it's going to take longer and you might get sicker. Right. You know, so those are the things that I think are. But I, I think it's interesting. I didn't understand why everyone went to Costco last weekend. I mean, it's been around <laughs> since January. Right, right. right. And now we're just all of a really sudden Really December. But January right. is when it became like a really big thing that. Um, you know, started restricting travel and stuff like that. Um, and and uh, C- CNN has a counter, you can see, you know. But now I heard the government, CDC is not going to release the numbers of people sick or the number of fatalities. And I just think that's silly, right? Well, but I think they, they again, you don't want to overblow this. And, to some, and I listened to, a, there's a video mm-hmm. of Dr. Drew uh, talking about how the media has overblown this because, in all honesty, there is... We should be at a stage where we're we're, uh, cognizant of what's happening, but we shouldn't overblow it so that we give people this false sense of doom. Yeah, but I disagree. I think the reason that it got the attention that it got is because people were because there wasn't information coming out. But we made them worry, is what he's saying, and I I don't doubt. And see, I just I don't buy that. I think you could say that about anything I cover. I cover crime. I cover that too. No, and maybe maybe things can be true, Amy. Well, maybe, but I think that's a cop out. I think saying the media is overblowing this rather than here's the thing that people don't take into consideration. The media is doing what they always do, what they've always done. Now, there are entertainment shows and there are social media uh, that that maybe do give out bad information or feed the hysteria or whatever. But most professional journalists, things I've read from other journalists or things, that, you know what? The worst information I saw was on these like 24-hour cable news where it's more entertainment. Those are the ones that are stoking this thing. You See, know? And I would suggest that the fact that we, we cover it like this is life and death. And I would suggest mm-hmm. to you that it is not quite there yet. And so rather than being measured in how we report stuff, because that's not how we do it, because I, I can tell you right now, we, we, the reason we talk about this as much as we do is because it's the, it's the top of every news. Because mm-hmm. we're, which we, even if it's inadvertent, we are making this a health scare, even if it's not. 
And and uh, but, it is. But, it is but, a, but it is. But it is not, a no. It is but not, it is. is not a life and death situation where we should be doing better. Is saying to you how you might be able to help yourself in the event that you might mm-hmm. be uh, but Jason, exposed to. Because it. it's highly infectious, it is a public health issue. And like in Japan, they've shut down schools. In China, they've had schools shut down for months. Factories are shut down. It affects your economy. It affects your. But that's because no, we're they're talking. Nobody's no, no. You think China's overblowing it? Yeah. Oh. I think that we, we what we have to do We've had is had 3000 people die from it. I don't, I don't think they're they have overblowing. A billion people I in know, room. but they it's out of control. They've got to try to figure out a way to get to get it in into a situation where at least they have some idea about how it's spreading and who it's spreading to and can they control that? You can't say it's overblown when it's de- it's decimating your communities. Okay, decimation 3,000 people out of a billion are dead. Not, but, but, I don't disagree with that, but, but 3,000 out of a billion is a pretty small percentage. It's, okay. le- it's less than the one. Not when you're the one who gets it, or not if it's your That's town and your community. About anything. I, I, I drive a car, and if I die in a car accident, that doesn't say We cover else car accidents. We, we worry about auto safety. We worry about insurance. But we we don't talk, talk about, about those things. Each and every day. Uh, on the news, mm-hmm. and I see the top free story. ads all the time about you know wear a seatbelt, click it or ticket. And, and uh, we have laws that totally, they don't tell you don't require, drive though. No, and and they're not telling you not to live. They're telling you they're telling to you be aware to, of this. Pr- uh, no, it's, it, there's I a reason why Costco's watching. got no food. And stuff you should though. read what I write because I, that is not the message that is being given by most news outlets. No. It's be aware of this. As, and health professionals are at the doctor who called attention to this died from it. Okay, he died. Again, I say so, we don't we don't know. Helped, I a, talked. I I, I I was with a doctor today. Mm-hmm. I and he tells me that you know we this is being a bit overblown and that you know you wash your hands you know you, you stay healthy. But the idea is again. I mean, I, I know this. The people who got this, it on the Diamond Princess did not get it from not washing their hands. Did, well, that's not the point. The, the idea is that you're trying to prevent uh, spreading it. So uh, mm-hmm. again, if 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 my doctor uh, friend here was. Uh, Sitting here, he would say, we have to be careful and vigilant about being as clean as we can, but we we are going to live. Let me ask you and this. For the most part, you know, we, we, there's there's not a whole lot you can do about some spreading because that's just how things are, much like the flu. And mm-hmm. we, we should treat it more like that rather than something that is going to kill us. Yeah, but if you have children who come to school and they have this highly infectious disease, they shut down the school. They're They're telling the kids not to come. Um, but here's this the other thing. Here it says hand wash only. Do not put into dishwasher. But here's the other thing about the hand wash. The advice to hand. We're, we're gonna come back. Okay. We're gonna finish this because we've gone way over. Uh, when we come back, we'll finish uh, our discussion. Complicate on, this for you. I know. It's not oh, as easy see, as you say. She's she's gonna complicate it for me. Like I don't have enough already. <laughs> Listening to voices of reason. We are back with Voices of Reason. I'm Jason Lee with Amy Donaldson. Amy's We're trying to, desperately to stay reasonable we about, are. And about coronavirus. She is about to no, uh, scare I, me back no, into No, I'm, I'm not going to scare you. I'm going to tell you that the hand... I love the advice the governor gave yesterday. Eat good food. Get enough sleep. Wash your hands. You know, li- like the, you know, keep things yeah. clean, right? All those things are good advice. Um, I know a lot of people who can't even afford hand-washing soap. Now, they it's not that they don't have soap, but it... They don't have, like, like at my house, any room you go in, there's a pump hand soap, mm-hmm. right? So I remember, though, there were times when I was a kid, like, you'd have to go search for a bar of soap somewhere because, yeah. 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 Right? yeah. Right. yeah. And so, but, you know, 
the way I live now, you know, I foster dogs. I'm constantly washing my hands because I'm, you know, picking up dog turds or throwing a ball or, you know, giving a treat. I'm washing my hands all the time. But so I have soap in every room. sick nearly as much as we do. But that stuff's expensive. Like I just bought like the refillable Mm -hmm. kind, you know, and um, I, uh, I, I can tell you that I know there are people who can't afford that. And and if there are people who can't afford their medications or they can't afford uh, decent food, um, then we have to think. And there are, the other thing you have to think about is what if they don't have time off? You know, you're supposed to stay home if you're sick and you're, you're supposed to do X, Y, or Z. What if people don't have laundry soap? So they just wash their clothes with, you know, with norm, with normal. And I know people wash their clothes in a bathtub because that's all they've got, right? They might use a little bit of shampoo or something, but they're not, I mean, there are schools that have washing machines at them for kids to use for free because this is an issue. So I think there's this assumption that we're in this situation. So if we do this, that's what will happen. But there's, um, we're only as safe and as healthy as the people who are most vulnerable. So if you look at homeless, if you look at um, undocumented, who I think get taken advantages of by businesses, they use them for cheap labor. Um, And, you know, they don't have time off or sick time and they're making crappy wages anyway. I mean, my kid doesn't even make a livable wage, right? So asking these people to, you know, get... The other thing is, like, they're saying, get a couple months worth of your medications. Have you ever tried getting your medication <laughs> say, early? That's, that's not very easy to yeah, do. Yeah, they don't yeah. let you. Right. They don't. I mean, I remember. Actually, right. Some of the like won't let you do that. That's left, right. and they said, oh, you can't come till you know, Tuesday. Right. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, so much for stocking up. Pretty much, you know? right. But I think we have to understand that everyone lives in, there are a wide variety of people living in this country, and there are people who don't even have homes. So asking them to wash their they're living in their car all over california what asking them but what to, else can you ask them to do amy i mean you can't make I, them do anything i agree else. but they can't i understand that's the thing but i think we need to acknowledge that there are people who don't have a house okay, but even acknowledging or don't have that, soap it, that, or that does not uh but so we have to figure out like how could we help anything. that how could we figure how could we but that's a, that's we a different more, social issue though no, it's not. It because affects this one, though. I say it's all interrelated. Well, it's certainly it's all interrelated, it's but not I'm saying like we, we have to. The, the masses is where you start with, right? And so you're right. There is a, 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 a not insignificant proportion of people that are having the issues you just described. Millions of people Absolutely. living However, without electricity, the, 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 water. Are, I'm with you, but there are tens of millions who, generally speaking, could wash their hands. Can wash their hands and who can uh, eat better and who can. Make some changes, mm-hmm. or at least make some thoughtful uh, decisions on how they I don't can disagree prevent with the that. spread. Okay, but I'm not worried about them. I, I'm worried about the people is, who can't. You have to start somewhere, and and that's so fine. The first part of what uh, any kind of uh, I guess protection for us is to try to reach as many people as possible to get them to behave the way you want to. I get that right. See, it's not hysteria. It's, it's what you do. No, no, no. But, I, but I'm, <laughs> the hysterical part is what I, the way I say how the uh, how the media covers it. That would be different. So uh, if, if if you're the CDC. You want to be able to uh, Centers for Disease Control. Yeah. You want to be able to get as many people to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because we all shake our hands. We go to the ba- people go to the bathroom, don't wash their hands. It's, When's it's the last thing. time you looked on the CDC website for anything? Except oh, for a story. Right. Like, uh, like yeah. you yourself. I like you, well, like, yeah, totally I don't either. So what the CDC does, these are scientists. I've interviewed doctors, especially <laughs> yeah, recently. Yes. I interviewed several over yes. the last five days. But they don't talk like you and me. Right. So we have to help kind of translate when they talk about, you know, pathologies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we just say, OK, what, what does this mean? Like, how does this spread? What do I need to do as a normal person? And so and and I will say the state of Utah has an epidemiologist in Angela Dunn who's very good at communicating and and in saying the risk to you is low. But 
it's going to spread here. No, and so true. do these things and be aware and, and, and then take care of other people. Okay. So my friend, Dr. Scott Zuckerman, uh, he's been a doctor for 30 years. Okay. Panic is, this is his text to me today. I asked him about uh, coronavirus. Panic is uncalled for, but neither is indifference. It seems rather potent in the degree this, uh, the, uh, what's the coronavirus, seems rather potent in the degree to which it is contagious, although it isn't 100% uh, clear exactly how it spreads. We don't know if it's airborne droplet or direct contact. Uh, It's deadlier than the typical influenza, which is about 2% for this particular issue, and flu is about uh, 0.2%, so it's like a tenth uh, of that in that way. But it doesn't have nearly the fatality rate of Ebola, uh, for example. And most, for now, of the deaths seem to be in those who are elderly or suffering from some other kind of uh, underlying condition. So it is a concern, but as usual, common sense should prevail. Good hand washing, use hand sanitizer frequently, and if you're around obviously sick people, don't get too close. And here's something, and change your shirt as soon as you can if you're around sick people, because that's going to be in your clothes, and uh, not sure about the rational uh, uh, need to uh, you know get rid of your stock portfolio because... Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average continues to fall day well, after day. And But yesterday had the greatest gain, right? right? So it had the greatest single day gain after the After worst, a week's worth of losing. Yeah, right? and, and, and I actually bought some stock uh, last week <laughs> because I thought, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow. Uh, I follow Warren Buffett. So uh, yeah. he's buying, I'm buying. That's right. I mean, it was like, I only had like $60. But That's okay, though. <laughs> be, it'll be but, 70 soon. You watch. Yeah, but no, I think that, um, I think uh, Trevor Noah did an amazing piece on this where, or no, it wasn't Trevor Noah, it was uh, John Oliver. Mm-hmm. He did a, a, a hilarious piece, yeah, where he said, you have to be somewhere between the ridiculous, which is, should I gargle bleach? <laughs> um, you know, that, should yes. I burn things? Those kinds of things. Um, to, um, you know, licking a handrail in a subway station, you know, so... <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. but he said it, the same thing. Like, there's a reasonable way, but the, but what this is going to expose, I think, is the weaknesses in our society. And when you have massive amounts of people living below the poverty level who can't do basic things like buy hand soap or wash their clothes frequently or stay home from work if they're sick, mm-hmm. um, and you know, employers are being asked to come up with plans. And and uh, I plan to talk to Derek Miller about that. If you own a business and you're a small, my husband's a small businessman. Um, what happens if if you have an employee who has to be quarantined for 14 to 30 days, right? Well, but, or do you do it preemptively, right? That, but that's the thing. What if you own a coffee shop? Right. You know, I mean, there are a lot of things that, um, we have to consider that we just take for granted. We just, and, and I think it makes you realize how lucky we are really to live in this time when, you know, Lots of diseases don't kill us, Absolutely. you know. I mean, think about it. all the the fatality rate for some of these things was bad right. before because of the way we lived in a society. Now we have water, running water, in a lot of places. But I think I think we do have to look at in your own community who are the people who are vulnerable. Do you have shut-ins in your neighborhood? Do you have people who you know live below the poverty level or who are on um, assistance or anything? And how can you help them? Amy's going to get the last word on that. And so join us again for the next episode of the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. If you have any comments about our show, please contact us via email at voramed at gmail.com 
or at VORJasonL at Gmail. You can also find us on Twitter at ADONSports and at JasonLee1. Our show's Twitter handle is at VORPodcast. Check out our Facebook page, and you can also find and subscribe to episodes of our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any other place where you might find interesting content. Be sure to review our show as well. We'd love to get your feedback, and it helps us grow our audience. Until next time, I'm Jason Lee. When you engage in passionate debate, do your best to keep your dialogue civil. Try to be the voice of reason. Voices of Reason is a production of the Loudmouth Project.